You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. What if I told you that Hong Kong, famous for its urban skyline and dense city population, is home to one of the world's toughest ultramarathons? Welcome to a special edition of the Adventure Trail podcast. I'm Mark Agnew. For those of us who live here, we know of the iconic Maclehose Trail, the Wilson Trail, the Hong Kong and the Lantau Trails. For many, completing all the different sections one by one is a long-term goal. For some, the goal is more ambitious. Each Lunar New Year, for the last 10 years, a small group of runners have sought to complete all four trails non-stop with no support or checkpoints. Today, we're joined by one of those crazy runners who's been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. And this year, he's back for more. But first, let me explain the enormity of the challenge. The total distance is 298 kilometers. That's about two and a half times as long as Hadrian's Wall, the ancient defense that stretches across England. It's about three and a half times as long as the Panama Canal. It's about as wide as Scotland at its widest point. But that's not all. The runners also have to go up and over some of Hong Kong's tallest peaks. In the first 40 kilometers, they climb Taimo Shan, Hong Kong's highest mountain. And that's just the beginning. In total, they climb 14,500 meters. That's Everest from sea level one and two thirds times. Like some cruel joke, the final stretch goes over the near 1,000 meter high Lantau Peak and then the 800 and something high Sunset Peak before the final descent down into Moi Wo, where they kiss a nondescript postbox to mark their triumph. Throwing the fact they have to carry their own food or water or buy and top it up on the way without any outside assistance and you have yourself a challenge. Although they are allowed help traveling between the trails and can stock up in the car. The distance is hard enough to get your head around, but it's the speed that is really mind blowing. The runners have to reach the post box in under 60 hours to be considered a finisher or under 72 hours to be considered a survivor. It took six years before there are any finishers, and since there's only been a total of 16. To put that in context, to have a hope of finishing, they have to run the 100-kilometer Maclehose in at least 15 to 16 hours. The last winning women's team of the Oxfam Trailwalker, the annual race that goes the whole way along the Maclehose Trail, finished in 15 hours and one minute. Try that without any checkpoints or support, and then a subsequent 198 kilometers. So what's the name of this insane run? It's the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. The organizer, Andre, is at pains to point out that it's not a race. It's a personal challenge. There's no prizes, winners or losers. There's not even an entry fee. All you need to enter is to submit an essay detailing your motivations and hope you're admitted. But this year, it's a little different. To mark the 10 year anniversary, only former finishers and survivors have been invited back. There are just 18 returnees, though there would have been more if runners had been able to travel in from overseas. Today, we're talking to Huang Changcheng, a finisher from 2020. He reached the post box in 59 hours and 46 minutes, the narrowest margin of any finisher. The chilled out Korean South American runner has elected to return to better his time. Today, we're hearing about what's behind the desire to put himself through it all over again. Hi, 
Welcome, Huan Chang Chun. I hope I got your name right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were going over pronunciations before because you're from all over, from South America, from Korea. But uh, the reason you're here today is because you're one of only 16 people who have finished the Hong Kong Four Trails. Do you know so few people had finished it? I didn't know it was 16. That was last, uh, last year, right? Yeah, as of yes, last year. Yes. Actually, I think it is the year with most finishers, yeah. right? And you, of all of the people who've ever finished, you're the person who's finished with the narrowest margin. I know. So this is what I'm telling my <laughs> friends. I'm the slowest finisher, or at least I got a record. Like, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Said. Well, I think uh, up until somebody else finishes, you're the most recent finisher. If yeah. you're last year's slowest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. What was your time? Um, 59... 46, I think. 59 hours and 46 seconds. Yeah, just 14 minutes short. 14 oh. minutes. 14 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, one okay. four. Wow, that, that is close. Um, when you're coming down sunset, most people sort of get to enjoy years of work finally coming to fruition. They jog down, they kiss the post box. You must have been quite panicked. I, I was. I was super panicked. Uh, when I was at sunset, I was climbing down uh, as fast as I could, as I could, of course. So I, I couldn't have the, you know, the chance to enjoy that last bit, and I was really pushing hard uh, to the point that I stumbled uh, the steps to get down to uh, to Nam Shan as quickly as possible. And then when I got there in the flat on the road, I, I almost I tried to sprint as hard as I uh, as I could. Yeah. What does that What does that feel like after 298 kilometers? You, you had to you had to push in the last. Like an, yeah, no. I think when I got to the road, uh, the, I already knew I was going to make it, and I I, I just had to. Uh, if I, probably I could have gone a bit slower, but you are so excited, the ecstasies, adrenaline, about you know so many emotions, uh, come uh, uh, all merge in one moment. Uh, I think it's accelerating, right? Mm. That kind of feeling. Did you expect to be that emotional on the finish? Yes, I, I think I, you know, you know, it's gonna be super uh, special because of such a hardship, and and but then it is not real until you go through it, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the rest of us can like even relate to it. You always say like uh, it's like I think it's exponentially. Uh, times, you know, thousand, whatever, whatever, you know, you do races and you're super happy about uh, finishing it. But this is like beyond uh, imagination kind of thing. Yeah, it's not just three times a hundred kilometer race. Yeah, it's yeah, like a yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. times a hundred kilometer yeah, race. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then at what point, I mean, if I'd said to you on the finish line, uh, you're going to do this again in 12 months time, would you have said, oh, you're crazy? Or would you have said, where do I sign? Um, you're crazy, yes. Very likely, uh, to the point that I think as I was finishing, uh, I said, I'm not doing this again. But I, that kind of feeling, I think everyone gets it, no? When it's so painful and you, you're, you're cursing yourself for doing such such kind of uh, race or and you, you're telling yourself, why the fuck am I doing this? Uh, I'm not going to do this again. That kind of thought is always there, and as you cross, you say, "I'm I'm done. I don't have to do this anymore." Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you never learn the lesson because you've done so many of these. Uh, especially, you know, I do 
many hundred mile races uh, or, uh, or events. Uh, and then the next day you're already jumping, tra- excited about when is going to be the next uh, the next event. Yeah, trail runners have a very very short memory. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But were you cursing yourself in the middle of it as well? Is it just at the end? Oh, I can't believe I did that. Or is there like a point that you enjoy it? Um, I, I think most most of the course uh, you're cursing, especially the second half. Uh, I enjoyed the Mac uh, and a little bit on the Wilson. As I, I like ra- running uh, with with rain and when it's cold weather and with rain, I think I, I kind of like it. Uh, it's a, it's a good feeling. Uh, and like some people, they want the perfect weather kind of thing. Uh, for me, if the more challenging the weather, kind of you enjoy more. Um, so Mac and Wilson, I was quite doing okay, but the second half, the Hong Kong Trail. And much of the Lantau Trail, I was cursing a lot, like, you know, the usual, <laughs> what I say. I don't know if I can swear here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that horse is bolted. <laughs> yes, F this, F that. Uh, why the F I'm doing this? And, you know, yeah, um, the usual. <laughs> that's good that you're so honest, you know, like um, a lot of the other people you speak to, they they they... Maybe their memory is even worse than yours. They focus on how it was a transcendent experience and they are in touch with nature, but you're really quite honest with yourself about the fact that it's deeply painful. It is. It, it, it is super painful. And and thinking, and maybe that's, you know, your own uh, way to handle pain, right? Um, I would think. No, I'm. I don't enjoy it. It's not. It's, it's, like there are people that say, "Oh, yeah," like what you say. Uh, you you get to find yourself and you connect with nature, and maybe you do go through those uh, feelings. But um, I have to. For me, most of the time, it's super painful. Well, <laughs> who's forcing you to do it then? Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's <laughs> forcing me to do this, and my wife will tell you. Uh, because usually, you know, you finish these things and you ca- you come home destroyed, and you you are expecting a bit of love and a bit of care from your wife and your family and a bit of pampering, and they give zero importance when you get back home all destroyed. Uh, uh, and then when, if you ask her, it's like, yeah, nobody told you to go and do this. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect me to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> that that harsh she is. That's good. Yeah, that sounds similar to my fiance. She uh, she doesn't give me any sympathy. Uh, yeah, exactly. No sympathy. That's the right uh, expression in in English. Yes. Um, but then uh, it's not just as simple as like why you know like that's the annoying question that people get asked. Why are you doing this? But uh, given you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it? <laughs> uh, no, because at the end, well, I, you know. Some, sometimes pain can be enjoyed, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever have you ever heard the expression "type two fun"? No, I uh, no never. It heard sounds about like that. what you're expecting. There's type one fun, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, hanging out with friends, going to parties, hanging out in bars. That's obviously fun. Then there's type two fun, which is slightly harder to explain. The sort of fun that you get from 
cold mountains and suffering and 298 kilometer races. So yeah, <laughs> maybe it's like too fun. Maybe that. Uh, yeah, I guess that I'm that type of fun. Um, no, but I think more than that is uh, uh, the sense of accomplishment when you manage to uh, finish one of these challenges, uh, whatever distance, uh, and the feeling that you get. I, I think I do it one because you disconnect. Uh, from work, from stress, from whatever, uh, uh, and then you have a lot of time to think, because most of the time you're on your own, uh, and then when you finally cross the finish line, the the, the the sense of accomplishment, because this is something that you did, you, you're only depending on you, and, and, and of course, there's a lot of support uh, and your family helping you and you know but at the end you cross the line uh, that sense of accomplishment is I think very very unique do you think about the same kind of things every time you do a 100 mile run or a 100k run or the four trails or do you find yourself thinking about different things and having unique experiences each time I'm not sure about you yes I guess many times I <laughs> end up thinking about the same things over and over uh, but you do, uh, I, I can share, I do a, like a, a review pretty much of your whole life, uh, in, especially in these long distance events. Uh, uh, you think about, you know, how you ended up here, how you, you, how, you know, especially your background, where you started. Uh, and you also think about decisions, what if you, if you hadn't taken this decision or not. Uh, and, and many times uh, you also get pretty sentimental, uh, particularly me, and sometimes I even cry, like while running, <laughs> like an idiot, because you're thinking about some whatever life uh, event or circumstance that you, you, you had to go through, and you, you also even, you know, some tears come out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And have you ever ended up like making a big life decision on the back of a run, you know, like reflected and thought, I made the wrong choice, let's change it? Not while doing uh, the event or running, but probably uh, it helped uh, support the decision that you did. Like I won't have taken the decision while running, but then you're thinking about all, all the different things that uh, it might um, support the whatever decision you took. For example, when I quit my job in, 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 in the U.S. to come to Hong Kong, uh, you, you go for runs and then you find reasons why you are doing this, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Running is suddenly becomes like a tool for your whole life decisions. Um, a decision that I'm sure you'll be regretting 298 kilometers in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this year, uh, do you feel a bit of pressure? I mean, one of the fi one of the finishes, you got to go back and finish again. Does that matter to you? Mm. Not external pressure, um, but my personally, you, you have your own pressure to to do it. You have to finish it, right? I guess. Uh, I'm not sure if, if I think all the runners will have similar kind of uh, pressure a little bit uh, because I want to show myself that I can do this again, but not from external. Like 
you know, it's not nobody because people are expecting me to finish or anything like that. You want to be able to see that the first time you did it, um, uh, it wasn't by chance. And I think I was sharing with you over the phone or somebody. Uh, I like uh, when possible, I try to do the same event twice uh, to see if I can improve, beat myself. Yeah. So given this one is not, you know, the organizers go a painstaking uh, out of their way to make sure that people don't think of it as a race. It's an event. Um, so with that in mind, you could finish and have the same time or you could be five minutes slower. You couldn't be much slower if you wanted to finish, but uh, uh, 15 minutes. But does it matter? 15 minutes slower. You, but does it matter if you're faster? Have you got a time in mind basically this year? Yes, yes, because uh, the first time uh, I missed the uh, the 3 a.m. ferry by the, about 20 minutes, I think, roughly, uh, and, I, and I know I can... I could have gotten to the peak uh, earlier to catch the 3 a.m. ferry. So that that's my real uh, kind of objective. To, uh, and I know where I can uh, uh, fine-tune to recover those 20 minutes, not necessarily by running faster, but uh, with the transition and some problems, some glitch I had with my, with my GPS so, uh, watch when I was starting the Wilson Trail. So if I uh, fix or avoid those small things, I think I can I can manage to uh, gain at least uh, at least thirty forty minutes surely, and then I this time I I think I, I I know better the trails you know because I'm very disorganized and very um, I don't prepare myself like I have to go and do the Reiki I I did the Reiki of Wilson Trail for the first time. But I'm not like going and memorizing. This is where I have I have to speed up. This is where I can slow down. So I'm not so organized in that sense. So I just the first time I just showed up and I did it. So now this time I know uh, the trails better. Actually, I've I've done Lantau, I've done Wilson, I've done Hong Kong Trail twice, reverse and back. Uh, so I know what to expect better. Uh, and I think that 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 gives me better, uh, you know, idea on wh where I can probably push a little bit more or take it easy, that kind of thing. That might also help me uh, save some minutes. And I also feel better prepared as well physically. Uh, although there has no, there hasn't been any races to compete. Uh, I haven't stopped training uh, my usual uh, training load. You're disorganized. Is that something you disorganized in all of your life, or is it just in running you find yeah, it difficult? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it sounds like quite low hanging fruit to improve on. You know, you don't have to be much fitter if you just sort yes. out. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Exactly. That uh, is a low hanging fruit kind of thing. Um, because two points that I can I can save time in the first transition, and the time I lost with uh, trying to fix my watch. That's already easy, right? Mm. So I just need to do the same thing and I know if I do that I can already catch the 3 a.m. ferry in theory, in theory. If, if I don't have any injury or a, an accident uh, or and also the, the weather the, the variable of the weather is important also right yeah the weather could make a massive difference yeah massive difference we were all lucky last year to have a cool uh, a cool weather uh, that you know you don't you need less water 
Um, at the end of the at the end of the land of trail, there was it was so windy that it kind of uh, dried out all the wetness on the rocks that allowed me to uh, uh, go super fast. Well, uh, at that point, fast enough Lantau Peak and Sunset Peak without getting slippery, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's funny because there's such like a range of personalities and traits. You know, you say that you're super disorganized. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got somebody like Solomon who knows what he's going to eat at every like kilometer and how fast he's going to go at every minute. But do you think there's something that's common among all of the people who've finished or survived? Yes, if you, you're right. So there are different personalities and different traits. Uh, and probably uh, you, you got to the point, Salomon, I, I know him a little bit from, we are in the same running team uh, and, and we are friends. And I know because I follow him on Strava, the guy is super methodical. You can see his training uh, super, you know, to the, to the dot. And I, I think he, he's, planning uh, to, to every second of what he is going to do. Uh, and I'm probably the op- total opposite. But I think to your question, um, the commonality I, I can see from everyone doing this is the, um, is the commitment, you know, the commitment to, to, to get it done. Mm. Right? You are so... Uh, how, how does that commitment like manifest itself? Is it just in terms of training? I, I think not necessarily in terms of training because, you know, some people will do more training or less, but show, showing up and finishing, look at the story from Sarah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking, she's super committed, right? I think I really have her high in my standards because uh, when I heard the story about her missing the ferry and taking the wrong ferry to... That, was it to Lama? Oh, we went to Peng Chao. To Peng Chao, whatever. <laughs> That's, that blows your mind. I would have quit right then and there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she just laughed it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would like, you know, so the things like that. So people are super committed. They want to get to the finish line. Yes, I think that's one com- common treat between all the, all the runners. But I heard you um, speak a little bit before when we chatted previously that it's, it's more than just like a mental or a, a challenge. Being committed isn't enough. Like some people actually couldn't do this. Like physically, you got to move fast. You got to be fit. Yes, yes. I, I, well, yeah, the physical aspect of of course is there. Uh, but then, you know, this is not. You can have super fit guys uh, trying to do this, uh, but that that's not enough. So, I guess that 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 that's the other thing. Uh, mentally. People and it's and that's why commitment is so important because mentally, you you are you are so committed to it that you want to reach to the finish, uh, you want to cross the finish line or and kiss the green box. Uh, uh, your mind kind of su- has to be super strong that will make you forget your pain, and and even you're feeling it, you just go through and keep pushing and pushing until you make it. Would you uh, would you say you've always been sort of mentally strong? If I met you when you were 16, would it be obvious that you'd turn into this mentally strong person? Probably no. No. Yeah. What happened? Life, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you, 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 in a way, I think you have to have it, right? I guess throughout your life, you discover this power you have, if you can call it a power. 
being able to to endure so much pain uh, for so long, right? Uh, and it, I, it depends on everyone's life circumstances that some people will get it easier and some people, you know, uh, they have to to try to, you know, uh, go through it and, 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 and go through the pain and get it done, right? Yeah. Can you think of a particular race or circumstance where you discovered that mental strength? Yes, I'm not sure if I discovered that I had a mental strength, but I discovered that I didn't have at that time. And I, uh, so my first hundred mile attempt was uh, in Spain in year 2012, I think. Uh, and I, I was coming very uh, kind of cocky, if I have to say. Because I was coming from doing the Hong Kong 100, I did the first edition in almost 16, under 16 hours. And then the second edition, the year after, uh, I did it in 12, 40 something. So, you know, I was like, wow, <laughs> I, can do, <laughs> I can do this, right? Uh, and in just one year with not much training, I wasn't, back then I didn't train as much as I'm training now. Um, that that you know it boosts your morale. It's, uh, it's normal, right? I think I, I'm. You know, I think it's common to everyone. Suddenly, from 16 hours to 12:40, I was super. And then from there, I went to Spain to. I, I signed up to this hundred mile race. It's called the Eumiliac, which means hundred miles in Euskera, which is a, the Basque language. Um, and I went all. You know, uh, super, I can, I'm going to be able to crack this on. <laughs> so, um, I, I, and I did a typical mistake of starting fast, following some fast runner, trying to, you know, show off kind of thing. Um, and then at kilometer 60, I was so destroyed, so destroyed. Uh, and I continued up to 120k, and I just gave up there. But at kilometer 60, I already knew I wasn't I wasn't going to finish, and that's when I got this. Um, uh, you know, when you hit your head against the wall, you learn your lesson, and you learn. You know, the the mountain teach you a lesson. You know, to be humble, and you know. <laughs> so I think that's when I discovered that you have to be uh, more um, stronger mentally, and yeah. Do you do anything to work on your mental strength or does it just come through training and uh, more and more races each time it sharpens it? I think it sharpens uh, with more races and and also uh, trying to, without no, without no specific, specific goal in mind, uh, uh, the commitment to uh, the training uh, that you, ha you, you know, you, you want to, I wanted to be a little bit better here and there, and as part of that thinking, I said I have to train more, and I would try to uh, find every opportunity I can to train. You know, and having a family is difficult, and many times I would go training. Uh, I tried training early in the morning, like five, six in the morning. It doesn't work for me, uh, because then I go to work and I kind of feel sleepy. And for me, it works better to train later. So many times I train at 11 in the evening, 
uh, late or even when it's raining, I'll still go out. Uh, that kind of, I think that those little things are what sharpens your 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 mental strength. You know, is is there are lightning and raining and super windy, super bad weather, and you still go out and train. Um, I think that's that's what it does. For example, when I was in New York, I used to do uh, every two weeks. I would do a work to home. Uh, se- this this was my long session. Uh, from I I, I I used to work in Manhattan in in in, in near the, the Grand Central Station, Midtown, and then my home was at 30 kilometers nor- up north in the, in the suburbs. Uh, it's exactly 30k, and that twice, once every two weeks, I would I would run from my work office to home, and you have to go through the Bronx and all that. And even even in winter, with below 20 degrees, I would still go uh, try to you know my, minus 20 is super mm. <laughs> bloody freezing, uh, and I would still go out and do it. Because I said I have to do this, you know. So you, you keep your training. Uh, because the moment you find excuses, uh, uh, you that's where you lose it. You know, you you can always find some excuse here and there. Oh, I'm tired today. I have this early meeting tomorrow. It's raining. It's snowing. Uh, and this is something that I try to uh, to avoid or try to uh, overcome. Let's say. Yeah, accepting excuses becomes a habit. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I think this this is a, for me a, your your mind gets you you get stronger mentally because uh, you overcome this day to day excuses not to do something mm. and then and then uh, you you're ready. So one excuse that might come up is I've done this before. I have nothing to prove to myself. Uh, I asked you this the other day. Uh, no finisher has ever finished twice. Why do you think that is? Have you had a chance to think about it yet? Yeah. Uh, well, first, I didn't know about this. Uh, now, that, <laughs> now, now that you planted that seed. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a finisher will finish twice this year. But. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, they see it, but yeah, yeah but what, with, some, with so many finishers coming, come on. Yeah, I'm, statistically, I'm sure somebody's, somebody's, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it, right? Um why 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 could it, as i was trying to tell you i think it could be because when you when you get to the point of you know the the pain process you might say okay i've already done this once why bother and it's so easy to give up it's so easy to give up and it's so uh, it free it kind of frees you up when you say okay when you take the decision okay i'm not going to do this and you feel you 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 have a huge weight off your back, right? Uh, and and carrying all that weight until to the finish line, uh, it doesn't mean you are less stronger or you know at, at the end of the day. Uh, maybe that's why I don't know uh, because they don't have anything to prove. But at the same at the same time, it can also be a motivator because uh, which is I think in this in my case, I, I think I said because I've done once. I have to uh, prove myself that I can do it a second time. So mm. that that can give you an extra push to uh, even navigate through the pain and, 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 and get it done. Will you be disappointed then if you survived and didn't finish? Yes, 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That like literally. No, no, I mean, nothing wrong with being a survivor, please. Yeah, but yeah. you're. Uh, yeah, but you've been a finisher, and then you're a survivor now. It's like, uh, well, unless something really bad happens. Yeah, but yes. I will be. Yeah, I'll be honest. You'll be disappointed, right? Mm. Uh, why, why, why lie yourself, right? So you were talking... And then you can find so many excuses. Ah, this time I couldn't do this. Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah, this, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, whatever you want to <laughs> pump. At the beginning, you were talking sort of about how it was exponentially more emotional to finish this one than finish, uh, say, a 100-miler race. Do you think that's just the nature of the fact that it's 298 kilometers long, or is there something special about the Hong Kong Four Trails? I think it's, uh, it's everything. It's the distance, the type of challenge, and also the uh, the all the people around, especially my family, you know, uh, uh, going through the journey with you. And this is three days. Uh, it means a lot. We could have gone on holidays to Phuket. I think that, that could have been our last trip since the pandemic, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so my family also gave up on a on a on a on a trip. Uh, so it means a lot, right? So you better get it done, and then the, the distance, the type of challenge, the the the, the fact that it's self-supported, uh, and and all your family pe- following you and your friends, and and because of that, it makes it more special the, the fin- when you cross the finish line, and it also because everything that it. It involves, right? Um, yeah. So you spend most of the time out on the trails by yourself during the Hong Kong Four Trails, but do you think, despite being by yourself, it will still feel different this year because of the 10-year anniversary? This this year will feel definitely more special, right? Because it's not everyone is going to be doing this for a second time with mm. previous finishers. Yeah. Yeah, and then what? What do you think will feel different about it? How 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 will you feel different when you're, say, by yourself, fifty k in, but knowing everybody else is around you who's already finished and has done it in the past? How will you feel different? Because the event itself is different. Yeah, so you know you're 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 part of this special group, right? Uh, although you're on your own. Uh, yeah, I think you 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 are part of this is a special group of people now, right? That they're not gonna you're not gonna have this uh, togetherness again for the next ten years, right? Yeah. Do you think that's particularly you'll feel that particularly strongly this year because it's such weird times? You know, you know, you were talking about <laughs> nobody can travel. Nobody can go anywhere, and then suddenly you've got this community within a community for in the strangest of times. Do you think that would exaggerate the feeling? No, no, not necessarily. But I think uh, everyone is coming more prepared too because um, because of the pandemic. Now everyone is doing their own personal challenges, and I was sharing this with uh, Ben and Robin the other day. Um, one thing that is coming out of this pandemic is not only the uh, Hong Kong for trail runners, but uh, people in ge- trail runners in general, or you know whatever, uh, they are all coming out stronger. 
because they are finding uh, finding out that you know they are, everyone is doing these virtual races unsupported because there are no aid stations, for example, right? And now people are going out and doing these crazy distances, 50k, 100k, whatever, uh, on their own, and they're discovering that they don't need an aid station, right? And that and all of us have been doing many of these uh, uh, recce's or virtual challenges or, or as part of the training, getting more and more unsupported uh, uh, trainings or events, that, that, that now is kind of common. You know, people go out do 50K without thinking, oh, I, I don't have somebody waiting for me to pass me a bottle of water or nutrition here and there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Okay, well, here's my final question. What are you looking forward to most and what are you looking forward to least? I'm already looking forward to be done. <laughs> 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 uh, because that's the best, you know, that's the best moment when you when you cross the, the, the event. Do you have like a treat in mind? You know, when I finish, we're going to go out for dinner and drink and or, or uh, is it just a case of going to bed? <laughs> I think just case to going to bed. <laughs> Probably get a, some deep tissue massage and uh, get a, a good shower at home. The 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 least that I expect, probably not having to climb the steps after finishing. I, I live in on a four story and there are no lifts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, all you listening in, thank you very much for taking the time. But you can also tune in after the four trails where we'll be talking to Chang again to find out how it went. Hopefully you finished, smashed your own record and had an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, although I'm sure your legs will be absolutely shot by the time we actually speak. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to Chang's story. We wish him the best of luck when he takes on the four trails. Tune in for part two, where we'll be interviewing him after he's finished and also getting some sound bites from him in the midst of his epic journey. If you're interested in finding out more about the four trails, we've done a lot of stories on other runners who are embarking on their own personal challenge, whether that is to break 50, finish for a second time, survive yet again, or just inspire others to get out on the trail, then check out semp.com sport and outdoor section for those awesome stories about those incredible runners. See you for part two once Chang's completed his 298-kilometer epic. For more podcasts from the South China Morning Post, head to scmp.com, where you can hear more about technology, trade, culture, and society.